0: Hello, everyone. I'm Michael, your host for this episode of Depaganizing the Gospels. In this episode, I will be discussing the depaganization of Matthew chapters 22 and 23. The first note is about verse two, which says, "The kingdom of heaven is like a king who prepared a wedding banquet for his son." Jesus was a Galilean. In the wedding traditions of his time and region, the groom prepared the banquet for the wedding once he had prepared the place for them to live after the wedding. It was the father of the bride, not the father of the groom, who announced the wedding day. The groom would then invite the guests to the wedding banquet. The parable of the wedding differs in details from true Galilean traditions, and it is evidence that a European altered the testimony to coincide with Roman traditions of a marriage feast without regard to the father of the bride's announcement of the wedding day in accordance with true Galilean traditions. The next note is about the omission of verse 6. What has been omitted said The rest seized his servants, mistreated them, and killed them. The king was enraged. He sent his army and destroyed those murderers and burned their city. The description of a king sending his army to destroy others is contradictory of Christ's message of love and forgiveness. The heretic pagans who editorialize the testimony to alter both the traditional Galilean wedding concept and add in the violent characteristic of Roman conquest had the purpose of deceiving people into thinking that God was in favor of Roman destruction of the Judean people by virtue of their refusal to accept them as their conquerors. The entire purpose of the parable was originally intended to teach the preparation for the day of judgment by repentance, but the pagan heretics altered it so that it would be a message about submission to Roman rule. The next note is about another omission of verses 19-33 through and a correction of verse 14. So that the text now says, Then he said to his servants, The wedding banquet is ready, but those I invited did not deserve to come. For many are invited, but few accept the invitation. The paganized editorialization of the parable has been omitted. The pagan heretics insinuated that God would punish someone for attending when his servants invited him as they were ordered. And that error was contradictory to the true message of Jesus Christ, God sends his servants out to invite people to be in his kingdom. Those who accept the invitation may attend despite their lack of wearing proper attire for the event. God will not reject those who repent prior to judgment day when invited by this ministry of eternal truth. It will not matter that their understanding is not perfect, nor that they have not spent their entire lives being prepared to be at the feast. It is the lie of Catholicism that teaches salvation is only granted to a few who have spent their entire lives being prepared for the Day of Judgment. The fraud had the purpose of supporting the cultism of the Catholic doctrine. God is merciful to all who repent, and those who will accept this invitation to repent and accept the Holy Spirit prior to Judgment Day will not be rejected for their past life of sins. It is true that many are invited, but only a few will accept the invitation to reject the lies of Catholicism because it infects all denominations of Christianity with its fraudulent ideologies. The next note for chapter 22 is about the omission of verses 41 through 46. The passage with Jesus telling the Pharisees that David was referring to the Christ when he wrote Psalms 110 is a pagan fraud. There is no relevancy to the passage in Psalms 110, And the inclusion of this heretical passage is identified here as the Curse of Melchizedek, inserted into the text during the Second Temple period. The Melchizedekian Curse was first identified by Joseph Blankensop, who was Professor Emeritus at Notre Dame before his passing in April of 2022. The reference to Psalms 110, fraudulently credited to being spoken by Jesus Christ, appears in all three synoptic Gospels, which additionally gives it away as a fraud. It has already been identified that the heretics who editorialized these testimonies fraudulently plagiarized materials into all three of the synoptic texts as a method of attributing validity to them. The inclusion of Psalms 110 had the purpose to propose that Jesus was God in the flesh by insinuating that David called the Christ Lord. However, Psalms 110 contains one of only two references to Melchizedek appearing in the Torah after the Second Temple Period revisions. The purpose of adding this passage into the testimonies is to further support the inclusion of the epistle to the Hebrews, which has no known author. The anonymously composed New Testament letter to the Hebrews contains repeated references to Melchizedek. Additional reference about this character reveals that the story of Melchizedek's origin appears in the Slavonic translation of the Book of Enoch. The tale of Melchizedek does not appear in the Ethiopic version nor in the English translation. Another clue about the curse of Melchizedek is found among the Dead Sea Scrolls in 11Q13. The Fragmented Scrolls translation seems to be a curse, but the translators did not identify it as such. Based upon all available information about Melchizedek and the appearance of this character in the Urantia book, the clues all reveal a purpose for this satanic character to exist. Melchizedek is the High Priest of Satan who is referred to as the Most High, without the inclusion of the word God in the epithet. While the passage in Genesis 14.18 says that Melchizedek was the priest of God Most High, the text exists among the Cumran's cave scrolls without the word God. The Dead Sea Scrolls have validated a great many details in the modern version of the Holy Bible, but scholars consistently overlook the evidence that disproves their claims. The cult responsible for the Dead Sea Scrolls were members of a sect that broke away from the other Jews at the time. They reappeared among the early Christian church fathers to ensure the addition of Melchizedek in the canonization of the Holy Bible and to ensure their pagan ideologies were fully incorporated into the theology that became known as Catholicism. Melchizedek's inclusion has paganistic implications for being the textual support for the practice of blessing with wine and bread that became included in Christianity in the Catholic doctrine known as the Sacrament, or Eucharist. The consuming of flesh and blood, even symbolically as wine and bread, was a pagan ritual practiced by satanic cults and pagan Romans. This one curse has been the most elaborate of all pagan editorializations imposed upon the message of Jesus Christ by pagan heretics and it might have continued to exist if it had not been discovered and documented by the now deceased Professor Joseph Blenkinsop. The additional evidence of Melchizedek's pagan connection may be found by simply reading the Slavonic translation of the Book of Enoch, which describes Melchizedek being born from the body of a dead woman who had inexplicably become pregnant while in menopause. Knowing that Melchizedek is a high priest who is credited for a majority of the text in the Urantia book, A fraudulently composed New Age religion histoire should make it more than obvious that the inclusion of this person in the text of the Torah and the New Testament by this reference are overwhelmingly conclusive evidences of fraud. The first note for chapter 23 is about verse 12 which says, For whoever exalts himself will be humbled, and whoever humbles himself will be exalted. This passage is the most important statement made by Jesus in all of the New Testament. And it is this statement that guides the depaganization and correction of the Testaments in accordance with the prophecies of God's eternal truth. Any contradiction of this statement by any text within the New Testament is cause for omission of that text as fraudulent editorialization by pagan heretics. Any incident of Christ exalting himself in any manner is heretical and a fraudulent editorialization. Because Jesus Christ was a man... He could have faltered at times, but he was anointed by the Holy Spirit which guided his actions in his ministry. Jesus Christ did not exalt himself in any way because this was the strict teaching and empowerment of the Holy Spirit. The depaganization paganization and omission of the temptation of Christ had the purpose of validating this truth also. Christ was ministered to by God's holy angels. And a temptation by Satan would have been to illustrate how Jesus did not exalt himself. Anyone who chooses to believe that Christ did not fall to the temptation of Satan must also believe that he did not exalt himself in word or deed for the duration of his short life on earth because it is the temptation of Satan that causes self-exaltation. Any occurrence of Christ exalting himself in the text is Antichrist. The last note for chapter 23 has quite an interesting twist, but I promise there is a great truth in the depaganization of verse 33, which now says, How will you escape being condemned to hell? What has been omitted is the, the sentence, You snakes, you brood of vipers. The statement is a type of cursing, similar to calling someone a fool, which Jesus clearly taught against in his ministry. Despite these words seeming to be harmless chastisements of others, They are still examples of name-calling that Jesus taught against. Pagans attempted to discredit the message of Jesus Christ by insinuating he was cursing and name-calling those who opposed his teaching in various ways. It is very likely that Jesus spoke with great indignation when teaching the Pharisees in particular. While such instances may be said to prove that Jesus was not without sin, he had repented of his sin and he was with the Holy Spirit which would have been God's true power to guide him to be righteous in his ministry by not using such statements that had the purpose of offending someone by calling them insulting names. Calling the Pharisees blind guides and hypocrites is an insult and all name calling has been removed because insulting people is not what Jesus wanted to teach as a steward of the good news. It has been pagan heretics who included these false characterizations of Christ into the text in order to discredit Jesus as a false teacher. Jesus had already identified that calling someone a fool was a sin, and he would not have sinned in this manner as a contradiction of his own teachings. Christ taught the necessity to be at peace with others even if they are not willing to accept the message of God's Holy Spirit and repentance. It is not the people of today who should be offended by this teaching, but it is the fraudulent teachings of ancient pagans that has become offensive to God. Thus, the indignation of the offensive, fraudulent religion known as Catholicism is difficult to suppress because billions of souls will go to hell in the fires of the apocalypse on Judgment Day for insulting God by saying that Jesus was the Son of God when he was always a human being and Son of Man, not Son of Woman. Well, that is all the time for this episode. Be sure to subscribe for notifications of the next release. Thank you for listening. I am Michael.